Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, this is your friendly pinhead 198 back with a new commentary. And I've decided since, you know, I said I would do the Phantasm retrospective, I think we're going to do something different. We're going to go through all of the Phantasm films, excluding Phantasm 1, and do a commentary on all of them and give the information that we would have given in the Phantasm retrospective. We've already done the Phantasm 1 commentary. If you want to see it, it's in the archives, so go check them out. For this one, we're going to do Phantasm 2, and it is that time of year. It's the spooky horror season. Especially as I'm recording this, my next door neighbor has his hound of hell literally barking and howling at the non-full moon, you know, because he has yet to feed him his pound of flesh. So, excuse me if you hear a dog, a hound of hell, screaming like Satan has just released his hooch off the leash. Fucking neighbors. Anyway, a little bit of background... Phantasm 1 was 1979, if I'm not mistaken, 1978. Yes, if I'm not mistaken. Let's look that up. At any rate, it was a critical success. It was huge. Everybody loved it for the time it came out. But Don didn't want to do another horror film. 1979, I get them mixed up with uh, Halloween. Yes, 1979 was when the original one came out, and Don didn't want to do another horror film. He loved them. He was 24, 25 at the time, but he he just didn't want to make another horror film right off the bat. He wanted to expand his horizons. That's when he did 1982's Beastmaster, which I fucking love, right after the first Phantasm. That's why it took so long. Uh, we didn't get to 1988 until this movie comes out, but because he was doing other things and he wanted to do fantasy and shit like that. But the Beastmaster was amazing. Not only that, according to Don, the first Phantasm was supposed to be a one and done. The end of the film: Tall Man grabs Mike, pulls him through. The tall Man wins. Game over. No continuation. We weren't supposed to have two, three, four, five. It was supposed to be over after that. But because of the fan interest and the love of the first film and everybody just loved the film, Don felt like he owed a sequel to the fans. And then came Universal and they stepped in. Now before we get into the movie and why there's certain changes and why it is the way it is, we do have to give a credit to the president at the time. It is unprecedented. It is the first time that a, a true horror fan, and it was shown by what he produced at the time, regardless of what other studio interference beyond him happened with Phantasm 2 or other movies. He was a true, the, the president at the time of fucking Universal was a true horror movie fan. His name was Tom Pollock. He was responsible for a lot of films that would not have seen the light of day. He was responsible for child he was responsible for letting Don Mancini be able to continue Child's Play 2. He literally bought Child's Play rights from MGM so it could be brought to Universal so Don Mancini could continue Child's Play the way he wanted it to be done. 
He produced Army of Darkness. He did one of my favorites. He actually brought to light the serpent in the rainbow, which would have never happened if it wouldn't been under his watch. And of course, Phantasm 2. So we have to give credit to where credit is due. When it comes to Tom Pollock, he really busted his ass. Where, where we go from there, we'll get into the studio interference and all the other. But some, as far as I'm concerned, this is one of the best sequels of all time. It's definitely one of the best horror movie sequels of all time. No doubt. And we'll watch it together. I'm watching my copy of this. The only way you'll be able to see this is if you buy it or rent it from Amazon Prime or Voodoo. I highly recommend, at the very least, renting this and watching along with me. And we can enjoy this on this horror movie season. It's only $4. You can find that underneath your couch. And it is far worth the $4. So if you have done that... And you're ready to go. We can start together. Cue up your movie. I'm starting off from the Wellgo. I know that'll be in yours because Wellgo is a subsidiary of the people that are releasing all of the Phantasm films. And somehow they were able to negotiate a rights deal with Universal. <laughs> Coincidentally, they're being able to release these things and Universal can't even release their shit on their own fucking cock service. Because Phantasm 2 is not on Peacock or we... Could all watch this. It, it blows my mind. It was on there for a fleeting second. I know it was. I saw it two Halloweens ago. And then they took it off the next day. So some fucking crazy shit's going on with those rights deals. I don't know why they can't put their own shit on there. There's something going on. But that's a discussion for another day. I've rambled your head off with the intro. Let's get into this movie in three, two, one. Let's go. Phantasm 2. Fucking love this sequel. This is right up with, with the great sequels like fucking Terminator 2, Judgment Day, Aliens. Fucking, I'm even going out Exorcist 3. Universal sign should be popping up. Sorry if it's a little loud. I'm going to adjust here and there. Got that sound bar going, so. from the original. There's Paula Irvine, Liz's character, the other telekinetic, which gives us some, as we go down the line, gives us some interesting possibilities for the lore of Phantasm. There's that great music. Terrifying fantasies of things to come. Through them, I found you, Mike. And your friend Reggie. I took mom and dad. You took Jody. And now he's after me. 
Mike, that tall man of yours did not take Jody away. Jody died in a car wreck. This is going to be weird because we're going to see, obviously, a different actor playing Mike, and we'll get into that as we get closer to it. What we need is a change of scenery. Why Well, I don't know. I guess we can figure that one out when we get there. Like most Hollywood films, even back in the day, dialogue low, action sequences... So, sorry. There it comes. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Like, gotta be so fucking loud. Boy. The late, great Angus Scrim coming out of there. He was a sweetheart, but he was a badass too. So. A coffin. Mm. Picture of Jody. Now we start with the actual scenes of Phantasm 2. This movie's fucking awesome. There goes one of the lurkers, the dwarves. Fun fact about these dwarves, especially in this uh, scene. Bashing, The production, <laughs> the powers that be initially wanted kids to do this instead of, you know, smaller little dwarf people. And the first day they found the kids were rambunctious and just tearing up the set and they couldn't control them. By the day, by day two, they got professional, you know, dwarf actors <laughs> that could actually act. This scene right here is uh, the main lurker dwarf actor, the dwarf, the lurker. The main actor is Ed Gale. He's supposed to. He makeup effects are fucking fantastic. Anyway, Ed Gale is the main leader of a. Of the actors and of the lurkers, and he's 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 literally the Warwick Davis of horror actors, as far as little guys, dwarves, whatever that proper term is. 
you got to give him respect because he puts gets in all the goo and the nasty shit. So you got to give him his props, little or not. Fucking tall man. <laughs> How he couldn't see him out of the corner of his eyes, ridiculous. <laughs> I love these movies. Bye bye, Birdie. Another little cool fact about this is that the explosion right there, the, the fire marshal working for Washington State at the time was like, they have ultra restrictions in Washington State, especially for these kind of things from what I've been told and apparently at the time, especially at the time, but anyway, he kept restricting and restricting and restricting what they could do and then all of a sudden, he was like, what movie are you guys working on anyway? He's like, one of the productionists was like, Phantasm. And the sequel to Phantasm. He's like, what? Phantasm? You're doing Phantasm? He's like, yeah, we're doing the sequel to it. Fire Marshal's like, blow whatever the fuck up you want. That's a true story, too, from Don Coscarelli and other people that worked on the film. He's like, because he, he was a huge Phantasm fan, which was fucking cool. He's like, just blow the fucking tent. <laughs> just blow it up within reason because they were by an airport. So obviously they had to be careful. But he was like, he, he, he lifted most of the restrictions. That's why we got such an awesome explosion in the beginning. This is just her reading from her fucking diary. Talking about her visions as we see. And then there is the replacement mic. Unfortunately, because of the deal he made with Universal, he had to he had to do a lot of shit. Like this was a mandate from Universal that they wanted a classically trained actor. They did not want Mike, so James LeGrow had to come in. It it was a mandate by Universal. So before this, Brad Pitt actually auditioned for Mike. Way like right before James was given the role, like he Brad Pitt auditioned for it, and luckily the cast and crew, especially Reggie, as you will be able to see in this movie, he bonded. They bonded with each other, so that's why he was cast. Casted as the new Mike. It sucks, but he he did a good job, and it's not his fault. Reggie even had to audition for his own role. Reggie wasn't originally going to be Reggie. Like They wanted Jeffrey Tambor to be fucking Reggie. And Reggie had to really bust his ass. And luckily we got him instead of Jeffrey. Jeffrey, you're awesome. But, you know, great in rest of development. But a phantasm Reggie, you would not have made well. So thank you for that. 
And James does a great job. I won't lie, you know. He does a fantastic job. We'll also see that this Phantasm movie as we go along is far more linear than the original one. That's also because they did a screening to, you know, average Samoes who, you know, not for nothing, no offense. They weren't Phantasm fans and they bitched and moaned, so they made it more linear so they could hold the fans' hands. So, but at least we got out of that. We got a nice road trip, fucking you know, action horror movie. So that's cool, but you know that's why I don't like screenings. We might have got a much different film than what we got out of here, if, you know. For the little people. His wet dream lives. They ain't gonna lock you away in the nut hut, throw you in Arkham Asylum, you keep talking like that, boy. <laughs> I didn't mention it, I don't know if I did at the beginning, but this was made on a $3 million budget, so we gotta take that into account, you know? And if I did, I gotta mention again, because this is impressive for, especially in 1988, still holds up today. As we'll see. Hemikura. American muscle. Told him that 
to fight. Yeah, you tell him, Reggie. Can imagine Jeffrey Tambor just like fucking issuing those lines. <laughs> this would have been such a different movie. Come on, tall man. Let's go shopping. Let's go shopping. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. I'm that guy that's seen this too many times and quotes it. I'll try not. love this music like. birth of the four barrel shotgun shotgun love it it went down in quality you know without the universal budget as we <laughs> went down the movies but hey it's still iconic just like the Hinakuda and the spheres Flamethrower. And they still pay. <laughs> Even in the apocalypse, they still pay. <laughs> You gotta admire James' swag as, as Michael. He's got a certain panache that, you know, Michael Baldwin didn't have. Not taking any away from Mike, it's just. I liken it a little bit to like when Richard Grieco joined 21 Jump Street and tried to take over Johnny Depp's Thunder. That's kind of like what this new mic is. Sometimes he sets traps for 
Now I want to watch 21 Jump Street. These graves, like all, all these, so <laughs> the production designer on this fucking movie, Philip Duffin, he's amazing. He literally dug all these graves to like a four, four foot radius and the camera angles and his digging a certain way made them look deeper than they are. And just, he spent eight, nine, ten hours on the shit just digging them just for this shot and the other like 30 seconds like a total of 30 seconds throughout the entire movie alone but that's the dedication he he also built all the corridors and the mausoleums we'll see and then he used the empty dead spaces of the mausoleums for other fucking sets like the basement and the portal room like he's a genius you'll see like just right there it looks like they're deep deep graves but they're only four feet when they look like they're eight to ten feet deep he's a genius practical effects this whole movie is nothing but practical effects even the spheres are used by they're not CGI because they didn't have it during the spheres are used by optical illusion practical effects so it's like it's all practical and that's why this shit still holds up but we'll you'll have to take my word for it we'll see out through throughout the entire fucking movie especially uh, if I'm not mistaken I think it's this scene coming up one of his calling cards if I'm not mistaken calling card let's crack another one open why not wish I had some popcorn too
all these effects are amazing. We'll get into the effects because there's a special little bit of trivia about the effects, especially the prosthetic effects and all the other stuff as we get further down the movie, but we'll get into that later. Sorry I haven't been talking, I'm just, or maybe it's a good thing. <laughs> this movie is fantastic, I love this film. I said, right up there with some of the best sequels like Alien, Aliens, Terminator 2, Judgment Day, Robocop 3. <laughs> Just kidding. <clears throat> like I said, all these corridors, like these scenes were made off the corridor, like just think about this as you see the mausoleum as you walk into when we get there these scenes right here were created out of the dead spaces of the mausoleum this basement right here it's, it's brilliant they built sets on top of them and I'll point out the sets that were made as, and when we see the scale of the mausoleum you'll be like oh, it's like it's insane the practical effects the, the building like it just no one does this shit anymore because they don't give a fuck about film. That's why we got shit like the Exorcist Believer running a fucking muck. These films still hold up. They're fucking fantastic. You can see for yourself if you're watching along. Which I hope you are. Because audio and words cannot explain this shit without seeing it for yourself. Especially this practical effect right here. This beautiful. Grotesquely beautiful, but still. Just people created this shit. Not computers. Human people. This is a combination of the actress herself and an animatronic bot an animatronic body. That's how they did this scene. I know that for a fact. Time the telemed had left one of his calling cards. Real fire. That one was the worst. So far. Who's the on his trail because that hunchback apparition looked just like the girl in the last hand. We're moving east. Toward the state building. There's one more town. Paracord. We're going to Paragord. My grandchild and both of the children. My husband. What was the original one from the first one? If we can remember from the first con morning side, if I'm not mistaken, from my f yeah, I think it's morning side. Now we're in Paragord. Could be wrong, but my phantasm's a little rusty. Pretty sure it was though. 
And he, we're at Paragord Mortuary from Morningside in the first one. Tall man's second destination, which if we're really being honest, he's probably done far more in the eight years that he's been on hiatus. Tiger is the priest, who's a great character actor, still working today if I'm not mistaken. And his son. <laughs> you gotta give him credit because he goes through a lot of bullshit in this movie. Acting wise and physically. <laughs> It's a little late, but on the side note of Mike not being in the Michael Baldwin, he he wasn't a he wasn't a technical SAG actor. He wasn't part of the corporation, and that's another reason why James DeGroote was his replacement. So, whole political bullshit. There's a lot of political bullshit you can see in this movie, but at the same time, there's a lot of stuff that bettered this film to make it a better sequel, so it didn't. Because there's some, <laughs> the first one I love it. It, it. it is the standard, and I'm never gonna take that away. But it's just crazy. You can tell it's renegade, crazy filmmaking. Kind of like how John Carpenter did with Halloween and Assault on Precinct 13 and Escape from New York. It's like it's renegade filmmaking. You gotta do what you gotta do when a studio steps in, regardless if it's if it's a cult classic or not. You can see the glossiness on it. You can, once again, comparing John Carpenter, it's a reason why The Thing was such a problem. Not that it's not a great film, it's just it didn't do well because, once again, a major studio stepped in. So, pretty sure it was the same studio, Universal. <laughs> Hugh and Warner Brothers love fucking up, I'll tell you. <laughs> Luckily, we got these cult classics to begin with. But it's because we had renegade filmmakers like John Carpenter and Don Coscarelli. Why we have these cult classics against all odds of the studio fuckery. So, Sorry for that side man as she's calling out to her boy, Mike. Safety. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only help. On, She's a wet dream boy. Don't be so, but I'm still not so sure she's not just a wet dream. 
Isn't that? I'm gonna find her. Excuse me. He said, I'm not sure. She's not just a wet dream. Uh, for those of you youngsters out there that don't know what a wet dream is, it's a, especially for a young man, it's a fantasy, that, especially a fantasy woman that's out there that actually, that approaches you in your dreams and makes you blow your load in your pants in real time, so there you go. Adding on top of the phantasm... <laughs> Dream within a dream state. <clears throat> For you Christians and Catholics, though. I'm Christian too, to an extent. There's a lot of sacrilege in this shit, for sure. Sometimes you feel like you're going to hell just watching this shit. Nowhere near as much as Hellraiser, though. Especially Hellraiser 3. Fuck. Grandma was watching it. <laughs> that face. That close up. <laughs> hey, you can look at these. There's these long mausoleum corridors there. Like right there, that door right there, that's probably a set where the, the portal room was made. All that dead space, if you see any dead space right there, there was a set made out of it. Probably that door she's walking by right there. Probably the basement scene. Who knows? It was pure brilliance. We don't do this shit anymore, and that's why our films lack a lot. Unfortunately. Even in horror. Because no one gives a fuck anymore. Nice call back to the first one. <laughs> Funeral service is about to begin, sir. <laughs> just... Yeah, I tasted her. <laughs> That's I love Angus, man. <laughs> I had a taste. Mm -hmm. 
drunk bastard. I want to get on your level. Let's do it. <laughs> Back when shot glasses had level lines, you know, to keep you modest. Don't feel past this level, even though it was at the top. But, you know, still keeping them modest. You want a humble drunk. He's got that good bottle of Jack Daniels. Damn, this <laughs> That's what happens when you don't have cable television. You got Jack Daniels and ghouls waiting out your front door. You know, the freaks come out at night. Houdini didn't teach you anything. You should have learned that shit. You drunk fuck. <laughs> All the makeup effects on this fucking movie are fantastic, too. Mark Shorstrom, if I'm saying his name correctly, he was the makeup effects. Almost solely responsible for most of it. He worked on Evil Dead 2 prior to this, and Sam Raimi referred Don Cos like referred him to Don Coscarelli. It's fucking awesome. And not for nothing, he brought on two young upstarts, you know, unknowns at the time, but they worked on this film too by proxy, Greg Nic Nicotero and Robert Kurtzman. So, because they worked under uh, Mark at the time and they did a lot of the effects on this movie as well. So, all the dwarves, the lurkers, as we'll find out, they're called in three. We'll get down to that. Him, <laughs> Grandpa with the that was their doing. The outer world effects, you know, when they go through the portal, I call it the outer world and the Mars world, whatever. Those, that whole setup, we'll see it where the graves and all that shit and the barrels are set up. That's all them. All the major makeup effects are all them. Shit exploding, that's them. So, we're, we're going to see some fucking fantastic work by the end of this film. And that is the truth. I've done a lot of research on this thing. <laughs> it's almost stupid. 
There's Samantha Phillips. Alchemy. That's her. Not for nothing, I used to have a bigger crush on her than I did Liz. I don't know why, but when I, I just like them trashy bitches. Love them trashy bitches. I still do, you know. Sometimes I like to roll with the junkyard dogs and get with the fleas, you know. Alchemy, Kimmy, <laughs> Samantha Phillips. The character was originally supposed to be a blonde with big, huge tits. And you gotta hand it to Samantha Phillips because she, her car broke down and she literally walked to fucking Universal for the audition. No bullshit. Like, she walked to Universal. She's like, fuck it for the audition and... Don loved her and her infectious personality and she she got the job. And you'll see she deserved it. He's like, I want a taste too. It gets hard on the road. Hey, bro, you got your wet dream, I got mine. Back off. Isn't that logical? Yeah, I'm sort of there. I suppose it is. <laughs> <laughs> Not horny sort of there. Yeah, I love it. And their chemistry is great. Like, it, it's great. Um, my Scott love this shit so Grandma? Your grandma's going to Catman Do. She's fucking gone now. Grandma Tall man got her ass. shits up when grandma didn't make her bed. Them bitches love making beds. They can't handle it if the bed ain't made. So you know shits up. Even my grandma. Rest in peace, baby girl. You love making a fucking bed. <laughs> That's the way it is. Can't help themselves without making your damn bed. If it's dirt, if it ain't made, it's your ass. 
They gotta make your bed and iron your clothes so they ain't wrinkle. Murphy, rest in peace. Fuck, Robocop's buried in Paragord Cemetery, too. Fuck. Spelled exactly the same. Your, what was your dad, Robocop? Remove, creep. Why fucking Robocop was such a badass? He was buried in Paragord Cemetery. Tall man probably had something to do with his fucking programming too. Prime Directive 5. Who knew he'd cross worlds? That car looks like our truck, so. It's the apocalypse, like the post-apocalypse. Like I'll just bust into shit. You know that one, your uncle's bed and breakfast. You just yeah.
Uh, dumb bitch. Table for one. Yeah, you should put the fucking grenade in the Budweiser can. That swill. get into as we get down the line when they have their scene but uh, most of Samantha Phillips is all of her shit is mostly ad-libbed Don let her just free ball it so including the sex scenes as we will see <laughs> we'll get into that as we'll we go down we get to the scene Free spirit to be, you know, for a lack of better terms. <laughs> Making lunch for the tall man, I assume. Building another lurker. Maybe another sphere. Bitch, <laughs> why are you watching? It's coming for that day. for so long girl like seriously in there like the farms.
there a lot. You better watch yourself, little one. <laughs> Even he's praying. I'm like, come on, come on. Watch out. Black box. That's where all the babies are hiding. They gotta be. Those silver sphere babies. What oh, a fucking idiot. in trouble. So these are new sphere designs. The original sphere creator died shortly after the original Phantasm came out. So they had to bring in a new team. And Steve Patino is the guy that created most of the new spheres that are coming here in a moment throughout the entire movie. And he, 
He's harvesting the entire town. Your grandmother, your grandfather, we've got to warn people. Like he said, the tall man's harvesting everybody, Stay taking here. souls left and right. That's why a lot of people compare him to more than an alien in the first one, like they said. A grim reaper type, because he harvests souls. Like the Undertaker. <laughs> Chop of the year. But tricks like that, the blade that cut his ear off, that's Steve Patino. Those new tricks. Later on, we'll see a trick with the ball going into someone's back. That's Steve Patino. Not to spoil it, but... Hello again. And goodbye. <laughs> oh. Away and lets his minions do his work. That's a, that's a good undertaker. <laughs> Once again, Nicotero, Kurtzman. All great creature effect, prosthetics. And the great you killed. Cory meet Topanga. <laughs> the love the lovers meet each other I should say I definitely ain't hauling hay that's for sure Art. So you've seen it. His spear. Have you seen it, Reg? 
Yes, Flying Cuisinart. Yours truly made by Steve Patino. Some kind of We've seen him before. He, he crushes him down and ships him up to God knows where. Yeah, you got Mike's brother. You got my whole family. Well, I don't think we ought to wait around this place. I'm just waiting for him to come and get us. You're right. Cool part about those that sequence we just saw with the balls and the spheres and the cutting that those were filmed by people throwing the balls forward and it being filmed backwards. Oh. Patino and his team would throw the balls forward and film the shit backwards and that's why it looks so crisp moving forwards. So going back to this, as we talked in earlier, Samantha Phillips, uh, all that is taking her shirt off. She she created her own character, someone that had a fetish with someone, a bald fetish. And all this is ad-libbed, and even the sex scene, is, as we're about to see, is all spontaneous. There's another thing about this scene. There was some footage filmed. I don't know if you can see it on YouTube. You might be able to, but it's a. This was supposed to be like Don Coscarelli's. You know, really connecting Mike and Liz together. And they were supposed to have a huge sex scene telepathically where they went through, they had sex through other worlds and dimensions and they even filmed it but it was just so horrid because it we're talking about 88 here if they did it today it would be a beautiful scene because you would have the technology to do it but he was really trying to as we're seeing they can talk to each other and really connect it was supposed to be a whole thing like a whole giant telepathic sex scene and it was just it was bizarre and beautiful at the same time for what he was going for I know what he was trying to do but it was, he was just ahead of his time with that shit because the technology was not there It took like that slap on his. <laughs> so what I heard from the researching this, the, the smack on his head was like, was like thirty takes of it or something, and he had a welt on his head by the end of it, like. <laughs> giant as well <laughs> makeup just constantly having to cover that up for the rest of the filming of the film <coughs> but like I said she's a wild spirit she, even seeing interviews of her today she's still a wild spirit 
and you can get all this information from the you know the commentary on the Blu-ray or looking on the making of Phantasm 2 on YouTube. You can do all of it. Find it out for yourself, but I'm just doing the busy work for you. Because I love this fucking series. Or a dwarf. Maybe Kimmy ain't Kimmy. Huh? <laughs> yeah, that, I love that. I want to fuck us now telepathically. <laughs> Let's crack one more for the road as we're finishing up this commentary. This movie's almost over. So we'll do a callback to the original film. I think we all know what's going to happen here. love a true restoration of this because some of this even on blu-ray that i have i'm sure it's no different on your rental some of the grain and it just looks dated like that shot right there looks filmed on vhs more than it is on film Cassette tape. I mean, this still is a big budget fucking. We're not talking about the first one or the third. Or the, we're talking about Universal here. Like, come on.
Hey, you're all going to Paragord, so it don't matter. There are some nice shots, though, in this movie. Then again, we are talking about a $3 million budget, so can't completely blame them. Cheap bastards at Universal. Sure, they spent more on Chucky. Blowing shit up. <laughs> There's our girl Liz. baby girl these two old fucks don't get their piddle dicks moving
Break it down, baby. And you know, that's the way it is. You gotta kick it down sometimes. And as we're continuing through this scene, there's gonna be a couple of more areas that were used from the mausoleum's dead spaces. I think this is one of them right here. At least inside the chamber room for sure. We'll get to that soon. This scene, this area right here was made by a dead space in the mausoleum. Like, just brilliant. Instead of having to buy... You know, you can't afford to, you know, like the big budget guys, you just buy a location, a location, a location. Some of us are poor folk out in the world. Even in the Hollywood system. Because even when Hollywood does something for horror, they still don't respect it until it makes it fucking buckets and buckets of money that's why we have grifters like David Gordon Green and Jason Blum and all these other fucking pussy pieces of shit running around Jordan Peele you're starting to become one you're not there but you're close This is a real horror auteur at work, you know. Don is the shit. I love Don Coscarelli. Thank <laughs> you. 
Martin the family crest. Now you're cremated, bitch. Had a girl. Had a girl. Here we go. There's another room created by the dead spaces in uh, the mausoleum. There'll be one other room and then I won't say it anymore. From what I know. From what my research told me, so. But it's fascinating that they could, it looks like another scene. I mean, you can see the, as she's walking, you can see the corridors of the mausoleum. She probably walked off one of the sets that they just filmed in the other room. Tino's work again. It's awesome that he got to get this budget because you can see Don Coscarelli's mind just run wild. Even from the, you know, what he couldn't film, like the telepathic sex scene. But this is the positive part of, you know, a studio coming in. It's fantastic. With the help of Steve Patino, Don was able to come up with this scene with the the laser beam sphere that ain't fucking around. 
as we see. Run your ass. And this is the final dead space area where they created another set piece out of the middle of the mausoleum. Bye. And Steve Patino came up with this, like I was saying earlier. This design. Bye, Birdie. That's a fucked up way to go, I'll be honest. Fuck. Definitely a fucked up way to go. Yeah, you might not be staying for that. Jeffrey Tambor wouldn't have been able to do that shit. Crescent set. Whew, that's brutal. <laughs> God. Always love this scene.
Don't throw it away. Alchemy, woman of action. He's like, bring your ass. <laughs> The one jump scare of the movie. Across the street. The hound of hell. It's a guy for bitch. I'd be I'd be proud too, girl.
and we're in the outer world. Sorry for that cutoff, folks. Had a little technical difficulties. This scene right here. <laughs> this scene right here, a lot of the effect was created by mostly applied skinned. They skinned the chicken off and put the skin on his face. That makes any skin. That makes any sense. They they take the skin off the chicken. And they've used that to put it on his face to make him look like that. That's why it looks so grotesque. And it was putrid shit too, I'm sure.
Hey, hey, wait, wait, Mike, Mike, Mike. Check out that coffin and make sure that whatever's in there is dead. <laughs> audio and commentary with me even with all its bleeps and bloops and its mess ups but we try to get you out that information out there you know let, 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 let's hear let's hear the theme as we go off you know love you guys we're gonna do another commentary we're gonna do a regular episode next but we're gonna do Phantasm 3 and Phantasm 4 up next. So, be prepared. Hope you guys enjoyed this. I enjoyed my time with you. Hope you're there for the next one. Until then, peace.